Have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all of God's blessed and highly favored doing today? Woohoo! We are forever grateful and thankful for all that God has done and is doing in our lives, right? Because we know that He is always working. On our behalf. So, here we are in August. In August. We just brought in July and it's gone. And that's why it's so important that we do what we must while the hour is early. 
there will surely come a time when we won't be able to do the work of the Father that we have been given to do. So let's stop procrastinating and start moving. That's easier said than done, right? I know I heard somebody say, that's easier said than done, Kay. But is it really? Is it really easier said than done? Hmm. Well, you know what? I have to be honest. In the past, I would have stood on that saying. But today, I found, I've found that not doing what your God-given purpose is is harder to do than doing it. And I say that because your purpose is always going to be tied to something that you are already doing. Now, I heard a pastor say that you will know what your purpose is when God shows up in your ordinary. Now, to most, that might seem like showing up in my ordinary. What is she talking about? What I'm saying is God will show up and show you your purpose in the thing that you're always doing. In the most routine part of your life. That's because that's where he can get your attention. In your routine. When you begin to pay attention to the ordinary, that's when he's going to give you a glimpse of what your purpose is. And most times, he might just come right out and tell you. Remember when I was saying to you how he gave me the revelation of not despising the small beginning? When the cab driver, you know, when I got into the cab that morning. So, It's your ordinary that God will show up in. So today's topic is going to be titled, God is Calling You. So I know some of us are still, well, some of you are still trying to figure out what your purpose is. And let me tell you, your purpose is always going to be connected to God's agenda. So if you're looking for anything that only specifically benefits you and call it your purpose, then you got another thing coming. Because most times you're going to miss God if you're thinking like that, because God is not only thinking about just you. Remember when I said, oh, when I would make the statement that, oh, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's about us in the fact that, yes, he has narrowed it down to deal with us as individuals, but he's dealing with us as individuals on a wider scale. It's about what he wants for his kingdom and his agenda. It's about what is going to enhance the kingdom and bring him glory. So yes, it's about you, but it's not really about you. It's about the part that you play, but it's not just about you. And remember that no matter where you work or what you're doing, you're supposed to be doing it as unto the Lord, right? Let's go back into Colossians 3.23, and I'm reading from the Amplified today. Whatever you do, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as 
something done for the Lord and not for men. They tell us that right there in Colossians. Meaning, when you go to work, you're not working for your boss. When you go to work, you're not working for that company. They're just a means, a vehicle, an outlet that God has given to you for you to do your kingdom agenda. So you're supposed to be the representative of God's kingdom in your workplace. I remember I made the joke that Tony Evans is always seven. Tony Evans is always talking about being an undercover Christian. That nobody knows that you're Christian because you keep it so silent and under wraps. It's like you're a secret agent, a secret agent Christian. Christian, And he's saying, he says that as a joke, but he's actually saying, if God is in you, if you've submitted yourself to the Lord and Christ is your Lord and Savior, why are you hiding it? Why are you not mentioning it? And I'm not saying that every time you go to work, you got to stand on a soapbox box and talk about, oh, I'm a Christian. Blah, 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 blah. Because most of the time when people like that start talking, it's more like because they just want everyone to know something about them and shed once again attention on themselves. But people will be able to know who you represent by your actions, by the things you say, by how you treat others. And I'm not going to say that you're going to be on a point 100% of the time because you won't. Because we are still human. But we're striving to be that Christ-like individual and represent Christ that dwells in us, right? So if someone were to ask you, would you be like Peter and deny the Lord? Or would you say, yes, I am? Or if they ask you, oh, well, what church do you attend? Because that's usually the question. They won't come out and say, oh, are you a Christian? What they'll say is if they see your mannerisms, how you speak, how you act. Oh, what church do you attend? I used to get that a lot all the time. Oh, what church do you attend? And I would say, I don't attend a church. (gasps) Clutching their pearls. Because let me tell you, there was a time when I wasn't attending church regularly. There was a time when I was attending church so regular, I was like I lived in the church. Morning, noon, and night, I was in the church. Morning, noon, and night, in the church, in the church, in the church. Then there came a time when I wasn't in the church all the time, and I was in the church sometimes. And then there became a time when I wasn't in the church at all and wasn't thinking about being in it. I was in Tarshish, or on my way to Tarshish. How about that? But now... I don't return, attend a church regularly, but it's not that I don't listen to different pastors or listen to a specific pastor. And it's not like I don't read, and it's not like I don't have a relationship. So I don't want people to get caught up in, oh, well, if you're not in a church every Sunday, then you know you can't possibly be a Christian. Yes, he says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves. But the assembly of yourselves to be in a Bible study. If you're getting guidance and leadership, yes. It doesn't have to be that you're in a church pew every Sunday. And don't, don't beat me over the head. Okay, said you don't have to be in a church. You know what? You got to do what's right for you. You got to work that out with the Holy Spirit with you. 
how God deals with you. And like I said, it's not that I don't attend church services. I do have a church home. I do have a church home. But it's not like I'm there every Sunday. No, I'm not there every Sunday. I'm here every Sunday practically. So no, I'm not there if I'm here. But I'm still doing the work of the kingdom. I'm still doing the work that God put in me to do. So that's something that you have to work out with God and how he wants you to pursue your course in the way you worship him, the way you acknowledge him, the way you express what he has for you to do in your life for his kingdom. But nonetheless, when you're in your workplace, you still are supposed to be a representative. And you saying what church that you go to doesn't make you a representative. See, that's the part I was really trying to get to. You saying what church that you attend doesn't make you a representative. You being a representative is sticking with truth in following what God says to be true. Right? That's what makes you a representative. Not because you have membership card into this, that, and the other. So that's just something for people to keep in mind as well. So if you're a doctor and you're practicing medicine, you're supposed to be practicing medicine as unto the Lord. If you're a fireman, you're supposed to be rescuing people as unto the Lord. In both instances, you're saving lives and saving souls. In other words, we're all problem solvers in one way or another. And we are to solve the problems by using kingdom standards, God's principles. Because the people in the world clearly have a problem. Right? Because they've all turned their backs on God and walked away. Isaiah 53 and 6 tells us. Now, this is from the New King James Version. And we, like sheep, have gone astray. And we turned everyone to his own way. And we see that every day. Every day we see that. And you know, if you're not committed to doing something to the fullest, then it's always easy to let it go. You will never put effort into anything that you don't believe in. If you don't believe in it, you're not going to do it. And when we behave in that manner, it makes it harder for us to understand our purpose, our calling, or our destiny. So you can't be teetering the fence and try to figure out what it is you're supposed to do. You see... When Jesus was walking with the disciples, and we're going to talk about Peter for just this one moment, and we all know how Peter's character was, you know, very boastful, you know, he was always out there, always the first one to say, Lord, I'm always, you know, in your corner, I'm always going to be, I've always got your back, blah, blah, blah. And we see how God was telling Peter, how Christ was telling Peter, "Mm, you know, Satan has asked for you. But I pray that, you know, after everything happens, that when you come back, you're going to do the right thing. 
Peter's like, oh, what are you talking about? Even when he told him how he was going to deny him, Peter was still, oh, what are you talking about? And it did come to pass, because, of course, everything God says is going to come to pass. He wouldn't have said it if it wasn't going to happen. But even in that instance, Peter wasn't even paying attention there. If he said it, everything he said always happens. So if he's telling me this, I need to watch. But, of course, we're not going to watch, right? But it wasn't until after Peter recognized what he had done and came back around that he went out there and he preached like none other. So... I say all that to say, unless you're walking totally committed, not teetering on the fence, not one foot in, one foot out, not trying to figure out what's going on, really saying, okay, God, I want to know what's going on and I'm here, I'm yours, use me as you will, that's when you're going to find out what your purpose is. He's not going to tell you while you turning up, doing whatever you want to do. Because at that point, you're going to use it for yourself. Because it's not kingdom-minded that you're asking for it. So when I say these things, I'm talking about those who are totally committed to doing the work of the Lord. So when you commit yourself to your father, to the life of what your father has set for you, he will seek you out and disclose your calling to you. Now here's a true story I want to tell you. And once again, I always tell God, I don't like disclosing my business, right? Because I'm a very private person. But he will have you disclose things that he knows are going to be beneficial to others. And there is always a place and time for disclosure. So now I'm going to tell you a story. So, right, I'm sitting at work one day. And as usual, I'm questioning what am I doing? What am I doing here? Because it was one of those days that I really didn't feel like being there. And I was trying to understand, you know, why I kept feeling so anxious. My spirit was just feeling so anxious, and I couldn't understand why. And usually when my, feel, my spirit feels anxious like that, and I've, I've learned in, because I've been in that situation before, whenever I feel really anxious like that, something's about to happen. But this day I wasn't really paying attention. I was just like, oh, I'm just feeling like, you know, what's going on? And the phone rings. Now, let me tell you, when the phone rings in this office, it rings, it's a, it's a general ring. So the ring comes because it's coming from a call center, and the call will go to everyone's desk. Everyone's line gets that call. Whenever the phone rings, everyone's line gets it. So someone has to pick up the phone, right? And that's so that no calls are ever missed, or you try to miss the least amount of calls as possible. So the phone is ringing, and it's ringing. And it's ringing. And I'm like, hello, is somebody going to pick up the phone? Mind you, I hadn't picked up the phone, right? But I'm saying, is someone going to pick up the phone? Because at at that point, I was doing something else. But the phone is ringing. It finally got to the point where I was like, you know what, damn it, nobody's going to pick up this phone. Let me pick up this phone. So I pick it up. And as I began to engage with the caller on the phone, trying to answer her questions and direct her to the options that I thought would best serve her needs. In the conversation, there were so many similarities between me and the caller, but I never let on about anything about that. I just was listening and chuckling to myself when she was saying certain things. I was like, hmm, you know, just listening. So the call ended with the promise that 
I would reach out to her the following day to solidify her commitment. So we had come to a conclusion that it was something that she needed to think over. And I would call her back to find out, you know, what decision she had made. Now, after I hung up the phone, you know, I just thought of it as a regular call. It was a regular random call that came in and it needed a follow-up. I duly noted it, you know, in my computer. So now you guys recall when I tell you that God is preparing you for something. You can kind of tell, but you're not sure. It may be like you're questioning things or, you know, stuff might be up in the air. So, you know, lately I've been saying that, like, especially since this new year has started, I've been like, yeah, I know God is getting me ready for something, but I didn't know what. And I still really don't know what, but he'll give you different, like I said, he'll give you different glimpses. The the more you walk with him and the closer you get your relationship with him, the more he will reveal to you. So here it is. The next day, right? So we fast forward to the next day. I go to work and do what I usually do. I'm just doing my ordinary. I'm doing my ordinary. But then as the day was going on, I remember that I needed to follow up on that call. And what brought it back to my remembrance was an incident had happened in the office. And I was a little like, mm, I don't even want to deal with this right now. So let me just go do follow up. So in my mind, I was like, I'm just doing follow up. So when I do follow ups, I don't have to deal with anybody, you know, right there and then because I'm taking calls and doing calls as I want to, according to what I'm doing. So I remember that I had to call this woman back. So when I called her, she's on the phone, oh, so excited to hear from me. So when she's excited, I'm excited. She's like, oh, I was actually waiting to speak to you. I was waiting for you to call me back. Then when I went into the conversation and was like, okay, well, had you made a decision about what you wanted to do? She then proceeds to tell me that when she actually called the day before, it wasn't to for anything for her, she called to talk to me. And in that instant, the woman began to talk to me about my life and my relationship with God. Blew me away. Of course, you know, I'm like, what is going on here? But let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something. The message this woman gave me was the exact message that God had been giving me from before. So this woman knew me from nowhere. She knew nothing about me. It was, like I said, a random call that came in. I picked up the phone. Now, remember how many times I told you that phone rang? Nobody picked up that phone. I picked up the phone. Nothing was concluded on that day. I called her the next day. So here, let me show you how when God makes something happen in your life, there's always going to be an instance in the Bible where he can relate it back to so you'll know, yeah, this is, this is God. We're going to go to Moses in Exodus. And if you don't know the story of Moses, read Exodus. And this is how God shows up in your ordinary. We're going to go to the part of Moses in Exodus with the burning bush. And that's in Exodus 3. Now, I'm going to give you a little backstory. Moses was brought up in Pharaoh's house. He was picked from the Nile by Pharaoh's sister. She raised him. He was a Hebrew, though, and he knew he was a Hebrew because after Moses, after Pharaoh's sister took Moses out of the water, she needed someone to nurse him because, of course, her, 
she's not producing milk. She's not having a baby. Who is commissioned to nurse the baby that now needs milk? None other than Moses' own mother. There's no coincidences in God, right? So here we go fast forward to Exodus 3 and 1. And it's interesting how, as I said, God will show up in the ordinary. Exodus 3, 1 and 4. Now Moses was tending to flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, a mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Now, the bush was not consumed. Moses saw the flames burning in this bush as he was tending to the flock of sheep, as he always did for his father-in-law, Jethro. And as he goes to see why this bush is burning, but it's not burning up. Why there's a fire and flame in this bush, but yet the bush is not burning. When he goes to look over at it, that's the gotcha moment. God has his attention and the angel proceeds to speak to Moses. Like my phone call. I could have written off that phone call as, oh, that was a follow-up and not called her back. But then I remembered. And I called her. Gotcha. God had my attention. And he found me in my ordinary. So see, it was just a regular day. What I would do anyway on any other given day. But God set it up to where he could get my attention. So the takeaway that I give you from both of these stories is that God is not going to ambush you in order to speak to you, to let you know what your purpose is, or to make known to you what his purpose in your life is until he sees that he has your attention because you're seeking something. Because remember, I told you I was feeling anxious. So that right there, I'm looking for something. I'm looking, uh, and it wasn't like I was looking for something from God. I was just looking for something like, oh my goodness, what is happening? So I'm looking for something. And that's another thing you have to be careful of. You could be looking for something and something can come your way, but are you going to pick up whatever? And that's why I say you have to be committed to God. You have to be committed in the walk that you're doing. Because when you're getting anxious and antsy and you're wondering, oh, when is this going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going on? If you're not solid in what it is that you believe, who you're following, where your life is, you can be swayed the other way because there are going to be options that could come from wherever. But you want the one that's coming from God. You want to get, you want God to get your attention 
and not be swayed by all the other things that's out there that can get your attention. So, what's happening in your ordinary life that you haven't taken a good look at? Could it be that God has been trying to get your attention so that he can speak to you? To let him to let you know what his plans are for you, but you're just not following up in what's happening in your ordinary. Jeremiah 29 and 11. God says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Think about that. It's time for a music break. You've been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. What Brooklyn sounds like. Lord, you are the most. Hallowed be the name. Lord, you are the most. Hallowed be the name. Lord, you are the most. Hallowed be the name. Lord, you are the most. Hallowed be the name. Lord, you are the most. Hallowed be the name. Lord, you are the most.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. So now we had our little music break. Of course, we started off top of the hour with Making Changes by Grace. We then had Most High by Flavor, Tu Aquí by Su Presencia, and then Go Get It by Mary Mary. So now it's time for the part of the show that I call Op-Ed. And in op-ed, we're going to continue talking about this subject of God is calling you. And I, I, want, I, I do want to say this, that when I was telling my story and how I said something that will happen in your life, you can always relate it back to the Bible because 
God's word is always going to be true. So he's going to move in our lives the way he has always moved because he's never changing, right? So, but what I want to say to you in my instance, in my instance, God came at me the way he came at me because this is something that he had been saying to me for the longest. You you all know the Jonah syndrome that I suffer from. But, I say that to say, don't look for it to show up the way it showed up for me. It could show up for you another way. It could show up for you in you having to be David with the slingshot going up against the Goliath, right? Because when you think of the story of David and Goliath, You have Goliath, who was this giant, who was, you know, taunting the people of God, you know, because he was a Philistine. So he was talking about all the things that, you know, they have their own gods and, you know, where's your God, blah, blah, blah. You're supposed to have the, you know, strongest army, Israel, blah, blah, blah. And David stood up to him. But when you think about that story, it's not just about David standing up to a giant. Yes, literally it is David standing up to a giant. But when you think about that story, that story could be you just standing up for a truth of something, a truth of something that's going on wrong in the workplace or a truth about something that's going on wrong in the neighborhood or standing up for a truth about something that's not being done right within your own church community. Either way, standing up for a truth, standing up for God's word. So when you think about, like I said, it's always going to be able to be relatable to something that's in the Bible because that's God's word. It's not going to have to literally be you fighting a giant, but it would be, it could be you fighting a giant, but your giant may come in a different form. Your giant may be even an idol that you're fighting within yourself. The giant could be anything. The whole purpose of the story was to show you how God's truth will always prevail over no matter how huge the situation appears to be. If you stand on the truth, that's what that story tells you. So now, as an op-ed, yes, we've been talking about your calling and how God will get your attention in your ordinary in order to give you a glimpse or an insight or an understanding into what your calling or your purpose might be. And I'm going to say it again, and I've been saying it, and it rings true what my girlfriend has always said to me. Don't let God catch you doing what he didn't tell you to do the last time or let God catch you doing what he told you to do the last time. So then you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Even if you don't know what your calling is, even if you don't know what your purpose is, even if you don't know where you're going, keep doing because in your doing is the preparation in your doing. He's building you, taking out of you, placing into you, 
the skills that you need in order to fulfill your purpose. What good is knowing what your purpose is if you don't, if you're not able to do it when you get there? So that's why in this time, while you're trying to figure out, instead of beating your head about figuring it out, just do what you should be doing. I'm sure he gave you a direction from before. Keep doing that. Keep studying. Keep doing everything. Right? And he tells us in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, in the Amplified, ask and keep asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps seeking finds. And to him who keeps knocking, it will be opened. Right? So he's telling you right there what you can be doing. So while you're doing your ordinary, while you're doing the last thing he told you to do, You can still keep talking to him. Okay, God, what next? Okay, God, what next? And when you're following, it automatically is going to build up to what's next, what's next. And I I can say that because when I think back over my life, leading up to that last conversation that God had with me about everything that he wanted me to do, And it was more so of a, that call wasn't to tell me what he wanted me to do because I already knew. That call was a, like when Jonah was spit out of the belly of the whale and he gave him that directive again, like no matter where you go, my directive is still always going to be my directive. But I wasn't running from him. I wasn't running at all. It was more of a thing of a, do you trust me? Do you really believe that what I said to you is going to be? But it was more of a him asking me to ask myself, did I trust you? Because he already knew the answer. You know, whenever God asks you a question, he already has the answer. He just wants to see if you have the answer or if you're going to be willing to tell him what the answer is. Like when he asked Cain, where's Abel? He knew where Abel was. He knew what Cain had done. But he wanted to bring to Cain's attention, uh, hello. So a lot of times when God comes at you like that or when he presents himself to you like that, yes, it's a a reiteration of what he's already told you. Sometimes it's just for for him to get your attention to let you know because you could have just been asking and seeking and inquiring. So, yes, he's going to let you know that way. But then sometimes it's like, hmm, how many times do we have to go through this again? How many times do we have to keep having this conversation? So you'll know when he's talking to you, you'll know exactly where you are because everybody is in their own place, in their own journey, in their own walk, and you know exactly where you are. So when he does appear to you, you know exactly what it is that he's saying to you and what you need to do with it going forward. But we have to remember, he's only going to let you know when he knows that you're committed to the kingdom. He's not going to let you know while you're teetering on the fence trying to figure out what you want to do. Because your purpose is always going to be connected with kingdom work to further God's agenda, which is ultimately what Christ told us to do, right? Remember, 
he told us to go and tell all the people about him. Remind them of who he is, how he loves them, and how he longs for a relationship with them. That's what Christ told the disciples, go spread the gospel. That's exactly what he was telling them in a nutshell. And that's just what the Great Commission is all about. So until you find out what your specific purpose is, our general purpose, because remember everything we do is for the kingdom, our general purpose is to just let people know that God exists and that he does love them and that he does have a bright future for them. Right? And until the church picks up that cross and begins to do that work, which is the reason why they were established in the beginning, I mean, if you go back to Acts in the upper room, that was the sole purpose of them receiving the Holy Spirit. That was the sole purpose of why Christ told them to wait for the power to come before they went out and started preaching. But the whole purpose of everything was to let God know, to let God's people know that he was there for them and that he had never left them and that he was still waiting for them to come back. That's what the whole purpose is. Now, yes, we get into our own little individual purposes, but our own little individual purposes are still all tied to the greater purpose. Still all tied to the greater purpose of letting God's people know that they don't have to stay lost, that he is there waiting for them with open arms, and we can help them get there. So now, let's just get ready to tell the world why we're here and let's do what we've been given to do by the grace of God. That ends up. So now we are in a new month, so a new month means a new word. And because this is the eighth month, and eight, the number eight in the Bible is the the number of new beginnings, our word for this month is going to be rebirth, meaning being born for a second time in a new body, a brand new beginning. So let's look at this month as being our rebirth as we're trying to figure out what it is that we're trying to do in our life and just make the commitment of, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm putting my life to, and I'm going to go forward from this moment on. And our promise for this week is going to come from Jeremiah 29 and 11. We're going to just keep it to where we had in our text. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So he's already telling you. He already has plans for you. But it's for you to get in the right alignment back to our word that he started off with the beginning of the year. It's all about being in alignment. See how everything ties together? Everything ties together, but we want to just keep everything individualized. Everything, uh, how do you say it? I can't even say the word right. You know, in a certain compartment. I can't say the whole, the full word. It's on the tip of my tongue, but you know what I'm saying. We want to keep everything in a box. Everything is this box, that box, this, this box, that box. But 
if you just open the boxes, you'll see that they all flow together anyway. They all go together anyway. But you're not going to get that complete picture until you say, yes, this is what I want to do. Yes, I've given you my life. Lord, use me as you will. And until then, you're not going to really know. You're going to be teetering back and forth, back and forth, because you're going to be swayed by different doctrines and everything happening and things happening in the world and things happening in the news and things happening in your finance. Yeah, but if you know the God that you serve, you know he's in control of all of that. He's in control of all of that. So if you're letting him control what he has control of and you do what you have control of, which is just letting people know that he loves them and that he's there waiting for them, then everything is going to fall into place. So with that, I say everyone have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until God brings us back together again next week, peace. I'm going to leave you with, and I know I never really tell you what I'm going to leave you with. I just go off and play the music. But today I did remember, we're just going to play another Mary Mary song because I like the way that I like this song. And it came up in my playlist the other day and I was like, oh, wow, I forgot about that song. So I'm going to leave you with a throwback of Mary Mary. God has smiled on me. Have a blessed Sunday. This morning I picked up a paper I read about tragedy I stopped and I realized That it could have been me Oh, oh That could have been my mother Or maybe even my big brother But you kept them just like you kept me I want to tell you that We're running.
See. See.